2020 is the year of vision. And three points God gave me, he said, clear vision, open vision, and manifestation of vision. So there's something about clear vision, which makes you see beyond your current circumstance. Open vision is when God takes you beyond wherever you're at and makes you believe, see, and grab things that are beyond your very uh, attainable reach. And then the Lord said manifestation of vision. So any vision that you had, that God has given you is going to be manifested in 2020. Yeah, you can clap for that or you can just say, I don't believe it, I don't receive it. But let's give God a strong hand clap for that. Amen. Amen. Um, I haven't been here in a couple of weeks. I've been traveling, just preaching, just in uh, Chesapeake, North Carolina, uh, Amelia, different areas. Um, just where the Lord has been leading me and all have been asking me to share a share a message for what do you believe for the end of the year and and what's next year going to be like and we've been saying the same thing over and over again but I think that God is really speaking to this house in particular amen there is a there is a uh, a vision in this house and I know that uh, during the new year, we're going to hear a lot more details. But um, listening to God's voice is so important. I don't think that um, I don't think that we understand how important it is to hear God's voice. Uh, we had traveled to Nigeria this past month that passed, and I'm telling you, there was such a revival over there. There was a breakout of revival. It wasn't just revival that we just say, yeah, this has happened. It was a breakout. We had 350 pastors in one place for one week. And um, pastors of churches of 2,000, 3,000, these weren't little pastors. These were pastors. Pastors were sleeping on the floor just to be in the presence of God. And one of the main things that we were saying there, a friend of mine was saying, uh, Reverend Bolaji, he was saying, you need upreach before you have outreach. He said, everybody's looking for outreach, but nobody has upreach. And the presence of God filled that place in such a way. One night I went to speak, and I couldn't speak. Uh, I mean, the glory of God hit that place. There were angels everywhere. The next night, Dr. Sefa Bloor, who is a, uh, he's a remnant of uh, Oral Roberts uh, Ministries, and he came in, and he said, where did all these angels come from? <laughs> Which, which was amazing because they still te- they were there, and we were just having such an amazing time. Uh, four o'clock in the morning, we would wake up and we would just hear tongues all over the camp. I mean, God, you know, it made me wonder: is it, how, how deep are we in America in the church? That um, sometimes we look down on Africa as if, oh, there's a third world country. There's corruption there. They're poor. They have nothing. But not where I was at. They, they didn't believe in poverty over there. Uh, they were just like, no, and there, there's no welfare system. There's no government taking care of them. It's just faith. Supernatural faith. To see things happen and just decreeing it. There was no, there was no um, if, ends, and buts about it. Oh, this cannot happen. This cannot happen. Um, Dr. Sefer Bloor shared with me on how he's building a five-star hospital right now in Ghana, in Accra. Five-star hospital, okay, with nothing but faith. When God is giving you faith, the faith, the Bible says he's given every man a measure of faith. The faith that God has given you, the reason why it's measured is because there's more that can come to you. And it's all about you pressing in to that faith. It's not about you just... And I remember uh, my brother Brett was sharing. He's like, you know, you can't just, um, you know, have Jesus with chasers. You know what I'm saying? You got to drink them all the way in. You got to have it all the way or just halfway. You can't, you can't be both. So you take Jesus for who he is. And, um, I, I mean, I thought I was going out there to minister, and God ended up ministering to me in such a way I was so impacted. One night, I just was on the floor for like 40 minutes. I don't even know what happened. I know Holy Spirit just came in and just 
swept over the house. We were all on the floor weeping. And there was such a great revival there. Three things happened. One, I shouldn't have been in Nigeria um, because when I went to the uh, consulate to get my visa, they told me it was going to take 12 days. And I had the ticket to leave on the 30th of October, and it was the 23rd of October. So that whole week was very tumultuous for me. My grandmother was dying in hospice. Um, I had I had to go there to Washington to turn in my papers, and they said you have to. And they said, well, you have to sign this addendum stating that we told you that it's going to take 12 days and that you go ahead and if you want to cancel your ticket, you need to cancel it now. So I signed the addendum and I looked at the lady and I said, no, I'm not going to change my ticket. I will have this in three days. She looked at me and said, you're crazy. She said, now get out of the office. You've got all your paperwork. We'll have this done for you in 12 days. So I said, okay. So I left, I left the place. And when I was walking out, Holy Spirit said, no, decree it again. Because there's things you have to decree to make yourself believe it. I don't think you're getting me here. You know, I, 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 you know, I, I watch, uh, I take care of Rifle's website. So I watch a lot of his videos, his vlogs. He doesn't know I'm one of his fans. But, um, um, you know, they, 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 there's some things that, that he says about the mind, which is so true. The mind is a, it's a great, it's a big battlefield, but at the same time, it's a great place because imagination was built by God. But, you know, it, you, you have to imagine. That's why you have to have the faith of a child because a child will imagine that they're in the middle of a big pirate ship, jump around, swing swords, swing off of ropes, and still think they're on a pirate ship. You know, meanwhile, in reality, they're not. But see, this is the same way our faith operates. You have to say things until you see it yourself. So, you know, um, I, I got out there right before I got into the vehicle. I said, in three days, it'll be here, Jesus' name. So uh, we drove down to Florida to, to, uh, to just lead my, my grandmother, who, by the way, led me to Jesus. Um, and I led her into, I was very, very privileged to lead her into the presence of God and be with her and hold her hand, pray with her. She took her last breath. Um, but I couldn't go to her funeral because I was going to Nigeria. And I told all my family, I'm not going to be at the funeral. Where are you going to be at? In Nigeria? In Nigeria? You can't cancel that? Nope, I'm not going to cancel it. So I told, told the lady in three days it'll be there. Told the other, told, told, told them I'll be there. October 30th. So about 30 minutes after she passed, I looked at my phone and I got a text from the consulate saying, your papers are ready. It was three days later. Come on now. You got that. That's something great. Three days later, 12 days turned into three days. With faith, there is no space and time. It's irrelevant to God. It's irrelevant to God. So um, I knew God was doing something, talking something. So I went over there, picked up the papers on the Wednesday. I was flying out. When I go to pick up the papers, um, on my receipt, it said that it's going to be, uh, that it will expire on April 2020. On her receipt, it said expire 2020. And so I, I looked. She goes, okay, it expires April 2020. If you want to extend your visa, you got to do it before then. So I go ahead and I opened up my, my passport and I looked and I said, why does this say October 23rd? 2021 she goes no it doesn't i said yes it does she looked at it and she goes get out of my office get out get out get out get out i say holy spirit has a mandate for me in nigeria and there's nothing that can stop it i'll be back over there in february by the way um doing revivals throughout three states out there in nigeria listen to this when God has a plan and a purpose for you to do something, and you decree it and believe it, and walk in that plan and purpose, God will do move anything for you. Anything will be moved for you. You don't understand the power of your tongue, the manifestation of your tongue. I don't know if I shared this or not. Uh, a month before that, I'm in Panama, and I'm I'm with a, a, just a lovely couple in staying with them at their house and they were uh, the youth pastors there and um so as i'm staying there he he looks at me he says i, I need to talk to you i said sure he says it's been seven months i haven't had a job so 
I'm going to test this prophetic thing again. I know it goes against every prophetic protocol, Nico. I don't suggest this to everybody. But I said, before I leave here, you'll have a job. I stuck my chest out, too, on that one. I said, before I leave here, you'll have a job. Why? Because the, the word of God is very true. You know, if you, if you honor a prophet, you'll receive a prophet's reward. So what's a prophet's reward? A prophet's reward is a prophet prophesying over that person's life and whatever they need. Matter of fact, I got this from the book of Second uh, Kings when, when Elisha walks into the widow's house and she built the room, prophet's room for her. And he asked her and said, what do you want? What do you need? And so he was willing to speak forth those things for her. Okay, that's the, that, that's the Old Testament. Imagine now. Amen? That we are seated in heavenly places and we have Christ Jesus in us. How, how powerful we can speak things in, in, into existence. So I said, say, before I leave. So about three days later, he tells me, he said, man, I just got a phone call. I was like, what? He's like, they just told me to go um, um, put in for this job. So he takes me with him. He puts in the, the application. Then he goes get this paperwork that he needs. And then the day of the, the, day of the interview... He goes, he goes, well, I guess they're going to have this first interview, and then, you know, the next day I'll have another interview or the next week. They give him both interviews back-to-back right there. Hired him on the spot. And I was in the car waiting for him the whole time. I guess he brought me along. I guess he thought I was a good luck charm. But I'm in the car for about an hour, and I said, oh, Lord, I hope he, you know, I'm praying in the spirit. I'm like, Lord, I thank you that he got this job. When he gets out, man, he's happier than a dog with two tails, you know? He's sitting there. He's like, man. He was like, yo, you. He's like, God, God uses you, man. You're a prophet. I got the job. And I'm getting paid more than I was getting paid when I first. My goodness. So I said, whoa. So his wife shared something with me. She said, we've been married seven years. We haven't had a child yet. Oh, here we go. Against prophetic protocol, right? Don't prophesy children, marriage, all that stuff, right? Yeah, they don't do that. Um, but I went back to the Old Testament. I got a little pass from Holy Spirit, right? So I went back to the Old Testament. I said, what did Elisha do? Elisha said, by this time next year, <laughs> you shall have a child. So <laughs> I went deep. I <laughs> said, so, look. And I said, by this time next year, you'll have a child in your hands. Didn't think nothing of it. Left Panama. By the way, Panama, the church in Panama, Pastor Jose sends his love. They have grown from 175 to 375. There's revival happening there every Friday. It is ridiculous. I don't even know what to call that. It's not even a service. It's just people out in the spirit. It's just deliverance, salvation, and it just keeps growing um, to the point where they have to build a new church in a in bigger piece of land and when that piece of land they started building houses next to that piece of land he had no he had his vehicle had broke down when i was out there and he said pastor i don't even have a vehicle he was taking taxis and ubers right and so i told him i said i said you'll have a vehicle you'll have a vehicle so i get i get a whatsapp probably about a couple of weeks ago and so the whatsapp the first whatsapp i get I'm reading from the, the couple, the lovely couple where I stood at their house. I said, you opened up the doors, you'll have a kid. And um, they, get, they show me this picture. And in the bottom of the picture, it's her stomach. And on there it says, the new baby's coming in 2020. She's pregnant. L- listen to this. Not only, not only is the new baby coming in 20, but it's coming around the same time that I was there. By this time next year. I said it. I believed it. I decreed it. And it was done. Then with the pastor, he texts me about, about a day later and says, oh, I didn't tell you. They got, I got a new vehicle. It's like, what? He's like, yeah, I got a new vehicle. Debt free. It's like, what? He's like, I was like, oh, what kind of vehicle is it? I'm thinking he's going to come up to me and says it's a 2017 or 20. He says it's a 2020 Nissan somebody planted into his life he said 2020 is the year where everything is going to be manifested give god a strong hand clap for that so i'm going to be sharing a little bit i'm building your faith only because we're going to need faith for the next level and dimension that we're walking into in 2020 here in hrc 
We don't need this. Uh, you know, Jesus spoke of, of different types of faith. I don't know if you, you ever read the Gospels when, when he says, Oh, ye of little faith. You know, and, and then he says, and, and then he talks about great faith. And he talks about, you know, no faith. <laughs> and then, you know, Jesus would always ask the disciples, How long do I have to be with you till you get this? When he says, this kind goeth out not but by prayer and fasting, he wasn't talking about the kind of demons. He was talking about the kind of faith. So why prayer and fasting? Prayer and fasting, it, it doesn't do anything for the person itself. It does something for you and God. So you yourself can get closer to God during that time. So the type of faith that we need to go into the new year is the type of faith that is going to lead us to where we need to go in the new year. And the reason why I speak so much about faith in us having it is because faith is not something that, that you just, that you just okay, yeah, I believe that, and yeah, whatever. No, faith is a confession. Faith is a constant believing. It, this thing is an increasing constant believing. Like, you start believing God, okay, I can believe God for 100 bucks. Then you start believing God for 200 bucks. You know, um, I had a preacher, he told me one time, he said, you can't have, uh, you can't have, uh, you can't believe God for a Mercedes and you still got Toyota faith. And the reason why he was saying that was because it, it was just an analogy is because sometimes we, we don't believe God enough for the greater things. So we start seeing numbers or start looking at different things. Like I tell you in dimensions, in God's dimensional glory, in his presence, there is no numbers like that. Numbers and all of this stuff was created for us here on earth so we could start counting and doing things. But with God, there's, I mean, there's no, he owns the cattle upon a thousand hill. He, he, he owns everything. I mean, there, there's nothing impossible for God. As a matter of fact, he said it to Mary. He said, what's impossible for man is possible for God. There's nothing that is impossible for God. So sometimes we can, we can, we can shrink back. By getting caught up in the things that are happening around us in the reality. And I tell you what, man, um, the, 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 the type of revival that I saw in Nigeria and the type of greatness that I saw in Nigeria led me to start really going beyond myself. God pulled me out of the tent, in other words. Because I saw people believing things from God and seeing things manifested from God that I've never seen here in the United States. I see a lot of people, they, and, and I remember um, when Arun was here, Arun said something very important. He said, whatever, whatever you don't receive from me, you won't receive, period. So if you, if you criticize something, you never will receive it. So if you criticize prosperity, you never will receive prosperity. See, prosperity was not built to have a gospel built around it. Prosperity was built so you can move the gospel and you can, you can do what God called you to do. And you can go beyond the very, uh, the very realms that man has built. And, and see, prosperity was built for us to take God beyond the regions where we're at. That's all it's for. Really, it's, it's for God. It, it's, it's, it, we're supposed to be conduits of God's prosperity, God's glory, and God's, God, God's greatness. And so as, as conduits of God's glory and greatness, see, there's nothing that can stop us. As long as we continue to build tents. So we have this building tent mentality. And um, this is why I love the prophecy that Peter gives in Acts. He says, he says this. This is what he says. He says, hey, look. He said, um, once again, I will build the tabernacle of David. The tabernacle of David was totally different than the tabernacle of Moses. Tabernacle of Moses, you had the outer court, you had the inner court, you had, the t you had everything covering it, the tents. No, the tabernacle of David, there was, no, there was something covering it, but there was nothing uh, hiding it. It was wide open. The glory was right there. Anyone could come and worship. There was nothing stopping you from, from going into the presence of God and being in his presence. So when God says, I will manifest again the tabernacle of David, he's talking about us having no limits. No limitations. Amen? You cannot be limited anymore. So I love what God does with Abraham. And I'm going to talk about Isaac in a little while. But I love what God does with Abraham because Abraham's sitting in his tent. He's sitting in his little four four walls and his little roof holding him but then God pulls him outside of the tent and he says look up 
Anyway, he says, look up. He said, look to the north, south, east, and west. And then he said, look at the stars. He just gives him this vast imagination of who he is. And he says, all of this is yours and your next generation. And so shall be your seed. And so God begins to give him a vision beyond his very tent. And that's what I want to do this morning. I want to give you a vision beyond the tent of 822 West Franklin. Amen? Amen? Uh, we, 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 it, it's cool. It's cool. I love that, 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 that we have this place and God gave this place 20 years ago to Pastor Doug and Cindy. But, you know, God wants to push you beyond this tent now. Amen? The tent here was for a moment. But then, but then God pulls uh, Pastor Doug and Cindy out and said, Look at the north, look at the south, look at the east, look at the west. All this belongs to you. And then once you start believing that as a vision, as a house, as a people, all this belongs to us. Amen? I'm traveling to India this year coming up. India, we have 30 churches ready to unite and be under HRGN. 30 churches ready to, to move into the glory of God. That's beyond our regions. Beyond Richmond. Beyond what we're believing God. That's, that's all the way in, in, uh, out there in, in, in Asia. And we're over here, we're over here believing God. And not, and not being able to see God beyond the very regions of where we're at. But I, I want to challenge you to get out of the tent this morning. And look around. And say, oh man, yeah we can have that. We can do this. We can move into this great glory. We can, we can do uh, great things that God has called us to do. So listening to God's voice is important. Abraham's blessing was transmitted to Isaac. It was transmitted to him. But it wasn't transmitted to him that it was activated immediately. It needed to be activated by Isaac's obedience. So there's an activation that happens within us. Your faith will be tested. I'll say it again. Your faith will be tested. Now let's go to Genesis 26:12. And I started here because I love this scripture. And and what it says here, Isaac sowed in that land. Now if you go to the first verse, you'll see that there was a famine in that land. And during that time of famine, God God tells Isaac, "Don't move." The first thing that happens when you see famine or when you see something going on, the first thing you want to do is quit, leave, gone, let's get out of here, it's done, I'm done with this. But then God told him, stay where you're at and plant where you're at. Now that's ridiculous because there's a famine, that means there's no water. How am I going to plant where there's no water? How am I going to receive the seed? But the Bible says in verse 12, what does it say? Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year. How much? How much? Keep that in your mind. A hundredfold. He reaped in the same year a hundredfold. It wasn't two years later. It wasn't a year later. I mean, it wasn't a, a, a six, a six months later. God said in the same year. We don't know if that was two months later. But it was in the same year. He received a hundredfold. Why? Because of obedience. And then verse 13. I love verse 13. It says, And then the man began to prosper. Okay? And continued prospering until he became what? I don't even know what that means. Right? I was talking to a widow um, out in Nigeria. Her husband was one of the first men to create a church with total air conditioner in Nigeria. And I said, who was this man? And so I started looking him up and she told me about it. He, he passed away 15 years ago. And she told me about the greatness that this man had. But God had given him wisdom to, to invest in crude oil. He became a multi-billionaire. United States money. Multi-billionaire. So what happened was, was that the man became prosper, began to prosper, continued prospering. So there's three prospering here. Prosper, prospering, and then very prosperous. Okay? For he had possessions of flocks, possessions of herds, and a great number of servants... So what happens now is that the Philistines envied him. When God begins to put you in greatness, there will be envy. That's just, that's just a, part of the, that's a part of the thing. When Jesus began to do uh, church meetings outside, he would get 10, 15,000 people out there. There was envy. When, when things began to move. See, Jesus didn't need to worry about anything. He didn't need to worry about anything. Everything he had. 
And he knew that he had access to everything. This is why he said the first fish you pull out, that will have the money that you need to pay off the taxes. We don't need to be, to be all worried when things in deficits and government shutdowns and all that. We don't need to be worried about that. Because as long as we have obedience and we know how to sow in the land, God will bring prosperity to us to the point where the enemies are going to be envious. Amen? Listen to this. So now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, and they had filled them up with earth. So just to, just to put in some stuff here, you see, greatness will cause your envy or cause envy to come out of people. It'll get you pushed out too. It'll get you pushed out. It, it's a good thing because it pushes you to the new. Amen? Amen. We had a church uh, that I saw that, that we were talking to a Spanish church. They were renting a, a, another church from, from an English ministry. That English ministry, the pastor turned on that pastor. And I said, like, why is he doing this? When I went to the English church, they had few people. When I went to the Spanish church, the place was packed out. I said, well, and I said, what happened, what's going on is <laughs> they're going to push you out of here because God wants you to do your own thing and get up, you know, and do what God calls you to do. And sometimes Abimelech will tell you to leave. Come on, let's keep reading here. Watch this. And the Bible says that he grew. And then uh, Abimelech said in, in verse 16, go there really quick. Abimelech said it to Isaac. What did he say to him? Go away from us. You are much mightier than we. In other words, Abimelech said, you know what? Um, when they come to the country, they're going to look at you, and I'm the king here. And they're going to look at you, and you got more stuff than me. And people are going to be wondering why I don't have the stuff you have. <laughs> so um, can you leave? You're distracting my people. My people are going to follow you instead of for me. It's like, you you got to go. You got to go. It's not, a it's not necessarily a bad thing. God is pushing you to another level. Amen? God is taking you out from where you're, supposed, where, where you're at to where you're supposed to be. And so as long as you're getting pushed to where you need to go, God will use whatever he needs to use to push you to wherever you need to go. Amen? So I prophesied that in 2020, you will be pushed. We will be pushed to where we need to go. Amen? Here's the next thing. He called them by their names, which his father gave him. And this is talking about the... It said, Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar. And he dwelt there. Now, the valley of Gerar, that place is a lodging place. That's what it's called in the Hebrew. And um, there he just stood there. And so he went, he went from that place to dwelling in another place. And then the Bible says that Isaac dug the wells of his father again. He dug wells for the Philistines had stopped them up. And he started calling them by the names that his father had. Now listen to this. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with honoring the old. There's nothing wrong. There is wisdom in seeking what the old timers did. There, there, there's things that must be honored. You know, the honor of Holy Spirit, the, the, the reverence of his presence, things like that. Old traditions, old ways of doing things. All right? He opened up those old wells. But what happened here? Okay? He was searching for truth in old things. He was, searching for, he was searching for his significance in old ways. He was searching for his way of doing things. But, but see, when God wants to move a people to a new place, a new dimension, you have to open up new wells. There's, there's, there's no time to be stuck in traditions, things of old. I love that we switched up the, the chairs here, you know, and we, we sort of uh, mixing it up, getting everybody, you know, a little bit wild up and say, what's going on here? It's not traditional, and it won't be traditional when we move to the new building. It won't be traditional. Why? Because God called us to dig new wells. Amen? So, right now, he opened up these wells that his father had digged, and he's doing all these things, and they found water there. They found water in Gerar. But the Bible says that in Gerar, the herdsmen, or the men that were taking care of the sheep, they claimed it as if it was theirs. And the Bible says there was contention. Say with me, contention. So the enemy will contend against, against 
whatever you're trying to do if you're doing it the old way. The enemy, the enemy's contending against revelation because he doesn't want you to gain revelation. But at the same time, God is using this so you can begin to move out of that place of trying to dig in the old wells. So he called that well Esek, which means contention. You see, the enemy has done that even in this house. He has brought contention in this house. He has tried to bring contention. And what I call contention is distraction. It's a distraction trying to distract you. So, see, if Isaac will begin to fight now with the herdsmen, now he's fighting over something that's a losing battle, and it doesn't belong to him anyway. It's not his well. It's an old well. So instead of Isaac fighting over that well, Isaac just said, you know what? I'm going to just leave it alone. You guys can keep the well. I'm going to keep rolling. I'm going to keep moving on. And this is what you have to do when you see contention coming up against you. You have to say, you know what? You have to choose within yourself to say, you know what? I'm not going to stand here and fight over an old well. I'm going to have to move on. I'm going to have to move forward because what's bigger and better for me is in front of me. It's not behind me. Come on now. That's good. Give God a strong hand clap this morning. So, the enemy will try to bring that. So, the next well he dug, the Bible says it brought strife. It brought strife. You know, um, the Bible says that he went to this place and he dug another well and he strove for that also. And he called the name of it Sitna. Sitna means strife. Sitna means strife. When contention and strife come up against you, that means that sometimes the enemy knows that you're on the right path. You're just digging in the wrong place. So now, um, in, in this, in the past two years, we have gone up against contention in this house. And we have gone up against strife in this house. But the, uh, the enemy is, is very dumb in some ways because it uses strife and contention to try to distract us from where we really need to be doing and what we really need to be, or where we really need to be going. And so now we're caught up in this whole thing like, oh, this person or this thing and this stuff. And now everybody's caught up in the contention and strife. And now the whole place is now focused on the enemy and not on what God wants to do. Does that make sense? So the enemy's good at distractions because as long as he can distract you from where you need to go, he will keep you where you're not supposed to be. Oh man, I'm getting somewhere this morning. He will keep you where you're not supposed to be and you'll continue to look at things and look at the enemy and focus on the enemy to the point where the glory is going to the enemy and not God. And then now you've lost focus on where you're supposed to be going and what you're supposed to be doing because the enemy has become your main focus. Does that make sense to anybody this morning? When the enemy becomes your main focus, you have lost all focus on what God wants to do in your life. And now everything has become, every contention, every strife, everything has become the main focus of your ministry, of who you are. And now you've lost your identity in the middle of it. And God cannot speak to you because now you're too focused on that old well and on the enemy. Listen to this. So when he dug there, he called that name Sitna, which was strife. Strife. But somebody say, move on. Move on. You cannot stay in the past. You got to move on. You cannot stay stuck in what you used to do and how you used to do it. I've heard people come to me and say, you know what we used to do? Well, what you used to do back in 1975 doesn't work in 2019. And nonetheless, it won't work in 2020. We're in a whole new decade. We're... Did you know they created computers? You're getting, you're getting what I'm saying. We're, we're, we're way beyond. We're advanced now. This is what the book of Daniel was saying. In, in science, in, in, in one version it says, And science shall be advanced. And then the book shall be opened. And so what God, what God is saying here is like, Hey, look, listen. You, you, it's okay. It's okay. All advancement is for me. I'm advancing you. And I'm advancing your mindset and I'm advancing science so you can catch up to who I am. Because computers weren't made by Steve Jobs or, 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 or by anyone else. The computers and every, those things were in heaven way before we even thought of them. 
big wide screen TVs, the flat screen TVs were not created here. God has it. All that stuff has been in heaven way before you even thought of it. Read the book of Revelation. It said, and he shall show everything that you've done. How are you going to show it? can't believe they were reading that in the 30s and still didn't know what it was they were reading it in the 20s and still didn't know what it was god has to reveal things to us now so we can move in advance past to where we're we're, where we're supposed to be we're supposed to be advanced we are advanced beings we're supposed to be way beyond where we are intelligently we're supposed to be like that as Christians, as people who are connected directly to the creator, to the one who created everything, we ought to be super advanced. Amen? We cannot get stuck in the old ways. There are a lot of good tra- traditions. I'm talking about foundational traditions. The reverence of God, Holy Spirit, honoring that, honoring who God is, honoring. Those are good. Worship, bringing that into place, that's all good. Those are all the stones that God has placed in Jordan. But when you cross the Jordan, those stones stay there as a remembrance. But God said it's time to take over and move on and do greater things. Come on now. So Isaac did not stop. His consistency to move on was so, was, was so crazy that I could even see how probably his, his people and his wife were like, okay, we, we keep moving from place to place here. But at this final place, he said, you know what? If I keep digging old wells, I'm going to keep having old problems. Because the same problem his dad had with Abimelech and his wife... That he called her his sister and then he hit her and he did the same exact thing. So he was walking in the same situations that his father was walking. Be careful opening up old wells. You might walk in the same situations that people walked in before. We're supposed to learn from the past and move on and be greater. So what happened now, he just said, you know what? He went to Rehoboth. And Rehoboth, the Bible says he didn't strive there. But I love what Rehoboth means, the Rehoboth, which means wide places. Say with me, wide places. I decree that we are moving from this place to Rehoboth. Amen? Amen? Can you agree with me? We need to leave. Uh, I love 822 West Franklin, all that stuff. But, you know, at one point it was, it was a dedicated ministry to the campus and VCU. Praise God for that. But I love that Wave Church has come in here and they can minister to the campus. And we can, we can support that ministry and continue going on. But that well has dried up for us. It's time for us to dig a new well. I, I don't know if you agree with me. It's time for us to dig a new well. I will continue ministering to everybody who needs to be ministered to. But as long as God is calling us to do greater and bigger things, we need to move on from where we're at. Amen? And we need to know when the brook is dried. And when God is calling you out, it's, because, it's not because you say, well, you know, there's hardly any parking. We have every complaint that we have for this building. Amen? We got every complaint. I mean, we can't even meet in the lobby. Right? You know, it's just every complaint you can think about. So what are you going to do about it? We can either complain or move forward. You can either sit there and go, well, you know, God, at one point, you know. I've heard people tell me all types of stuff online. They're like, well, HRC used to be. Used to be. I said, No. What they used to be there are no longer. But what they are now, God is taking them there. And as long as they are what God says they are, they're going to continue growing and being greater. You cannot get stuck in the used to be. Because if you get stuck in the used to be, then you're digging old wells. And the enemy will continue bringing strife and contention. Hmm. So... I mean, you can apply this to your life, and I'm applying it to our ministry here, but you can apply it to your life too. You cannot continue dwelling in that stuff. Look, listen, if they ran you out of your job in 2019, praise God, maybe God wants you to open a business in 2020. (laughs) Don't get stuck. Don't call a lawyer and try to sue them and get them. You'd be digging up old wells, sitting up in in Richmond Courthouse, spending your money for nothing. God is calling you out. Amen? Here's the thing. 
Here's the thing that God is doing with him. So he gets to Rehoboth, and the place is a wide place. Say with me, a wide place. When you have a wide place, it increases your capacity of vision. When we can get out from tripping over each other's legs in this place, and we can actually go to a place where we can dance up front, have art up front, everything can be, and you're a huge place, you're like, whoa, okay, it expands your vision. Now you're out of the tent, and you're like, oh, okay, there's greater. And then from there, you can believe God for whatever you want. You can believe God as long as you walk out and walk into the greatness, you can believe God for whatever you want. Because now, it is not, it is, you don't have a veil over you saying you can't, right? Amen? And I love, I love Vic Kay too. She deals with the finances. She knows what I'm talking about. Sometimes you're like, oh, we don't have the finances. But can I get you beyond finances? Currency just means current. It's a current that flows. Matter of fact, last time I read the book of Genesis, the Bible says, And one river came, and in that river came four heads. And each one of those heads touched different places. But one of them touched Havilah, where the gold and the prosperity and this precious stones were. And I'm believing God that there's one river that comes from heaven, and that's flowing into HRC. And we have four heads flowing out of us. And out of us shall flow rivers of living water. I'm preaching better than you're excited. Listen, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. There shall be different rivers flowing out of you. Different creative, different creative streams. Different creative things that God is touching you to do. And this is why the enemy is so angry. He's using every distraction in the book. He's angry. He's upset. Now listen to this. You have to get to Rehoboth. Look at your neighbor and say, you have to get to Rehoboth. Some of you might be looking for a train later. How do I get to Rehoboth? If you don't come out of that place, that small mentality thinking, and get into that place where your capacity and enlarge your tents, where you can see greater and bigger. That's what I did. When I started traveling, I started seeing greater and bigger. I'm in Nigeria seeing the huge churches... And I'm like, these people have nothing but faith. Nothing but faith. Nothing but faith. And they look at us and go, man, we want to go to America. I said, no, you don't. No, you don't. I love Paul. Paul said, Paul said you know, um, and I'll, I'll finish up with this next couple of minutes. Paul said this. He said, he said I didn't come with you words only. I came with you with power. So there was a manifestation of what he was saying. It wasn't only the words that were coming out of the book. It wasn't just a belief system. It was a manifestation, something tangible that came out of that belief system that made people want to come to the gospel. How tangible is your belief system? Will, 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 will people see you beyond the very existence of who you're supposed to be or, or beyond the very existence of what people have shaped you to be? You know, it was, it's out of brokenness sometimes that God will bring the best out of you. It was that woman by the well, and we're talking about the same wells here. The woman by the well, they say, if you look at all the, all the scriptures, you see Isaac found his wife by the well. Jacob found his wife by the well. It was a woman by the well that came to visit Jesus. It was out of her brokenness that she said, no more am I going to dig into an old well. I'm going to get a new well now. And she found a new well. She said, give me the water that you have, Master. He said, if you knew who was speaking to you, you would ask me for the water. And she said, give me that water. She knew that she had to drop the old well and get into the new well. And out of her brokenness, she was able to minister and become the greatest evangelist in Samaria. It's, it's when you get into that place of seeking and looking for new wells. Digging new wells. So... The third series of wells here that he, he gets, he says, yeah, I see nothing, but then he wants greater. It's just like Isaac now that he's touched the greatness. He says, wow, I see a wide place. Now my vision, my capacity, right? Your small stuck mentality is broadened. You're no longer in, I love this place, 822 West Franklin, praise God. But we can use this to continue 
the gospel here is we rent it out to, to Wave Church. Amen? And by the way, all that money we're renting there, we're holding it so we can claim a new place, so we can go to Rehoboth. And guess what? We need your help, your cooperation, so you can start planting into that Rehoboth so we can go into that new place. And I guarantee that God will bring a hundredfold. Because what you're planting into is not only your seed to see grown, it's also the seed of the gospel to see grown in Richmond and in other places and around the world. Amen? So, as long as you're stuck, as long as you're stuck, you're never going to get to Rehoboth. But when you get to Rehoboth, you start to realize, whoa, there's something bigger. There's something bigger. Now, he was now able to see greatness. Okay? He was now able to see greatness. And then he said, you know what? Let's go to Beersheba. Let's go to Beersheba because Beersheba, I just feel that there's something great over there. Something greater than Rehoboth. I know in Rehoboth I dug a new well. I didn't see strife. I didn't see that. But Beersheba has something greater. And guess what? The Bible says in verse 24, And the Lord appeared to him the same night in Beersheba. It's not until you have your own encounter with Jesus. It's not until you come into that place where you have your own identity identified with him, the master, the one who, who tells you all who you are. And you have that identity with him. It's at that very moment in time that you begin to understand, wow, this is something greater than me. And it's not only that I'm digging wells here physically, but something has been dug spiritually inside of me. And something's beginning to burst out and burst forth inside of my spirit. So when you have that encounter, he had this encounter with God, and he had this encounter with God, and God began to tell him and said, Look, I am the God of Abraham, your father, but fear not. I'm with you, and I will bless you, and I will multiply your seed for my servant, for servant Abraham's sake. And by the way, Abraham is the father of faith. If you want to see everything that's come forth, every prophecy that God gave to Abraham that came forth, came forth through Jesus. The seed is Jesus. So here's it. And he built an altar there. And upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants digged well. And as soon as this happens, you'll see Abimelech, the one who chased him out, come and find him now. I decree that people who chased you out before will come to try to find you. Gain wisdom from you. Try to come back and say, hey, you know, I made a mistake. I should have never ran you out. You have something that I need, and I want to tap into that well. Amen? You have wells. You have, you have water within you that people need. And God is going to bring people back that you thought hated you, but they'll come back to you to drink of that well. The Samaritan woman had said, well, you're a Jew. You're not supposed to be talking to me. She thought Jesus hated him. No, Jesus didn't hate her. That was a stigma built up by racism by the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But God had another plan there. There was something there. She needed the water to tap into there. Could you believe that? There's, there's people around you that you think don't like you but need you so they can drink from you. Come on now. That's, that's, that's good right there. So, Rehoboth, now Beersheba. You know what Beersheba means? The well of the sevenfold. It's the well of the sevenfold. Because when they dug there, after all this situation happens, they dug there, and the Bible says, and living water came out of that place. There, there, there There was a well there that never ran dry. That wasn't stopped up. That the enemy didn't bring strife or contention to. Because... Isaac dared to go beyond his very circumstance and beyond the tent and beyond his very mindset and say, you know what? The capacity that I have is greater. And God had to remind him that he was greater. God had to remind him and said, I told your father you were great. (laughs) And I'll tell you again that you're great. And Jesus said it to the disciples. He said it to the disciples. He said, our father, our father chose you. Our Father chose you. Can you believe that? That God knew how great the disciples were before even Jesus ran into them. And he knew and he put it in Jesus' spirit that the manifestation of that came forth when he was walking in Israel. And I want you to get this this morning. That the manifestation of the vision of this house will only come forth when we begin to walk forward and move forward and start digging new wells. You in agreement? You in agreement? And I hope... 
I hope that this will go forward and say, hey, um, in 2020, Pastor Doug and the team will come up here. We'll, we'll give you a detailed vision and everything that's going to happen. But I want you to understand that this tent will no longer be our tent. Oh, man, that, that, that went too deep for y'all. This tent will no longer be our tent because it's time to move forward. Stand to your feet this morning. It's time to move forward. How can I encourage you to have faith for the greater? Okay? Everything the enemy can throw at me, he has thrown at me in the past year. But I tell you this much. If you have faith, the only way to battle the enemy is to dig new wells. The only way to battle the enemy is to dig new wells. It's not to wallow in the old wells and to stay there expecting. I, I, you know, at one point, in, I think in 2016, 2017, when my mom passed, I, I got so caught up in depression and, and, and so much stuff that was going. And the, the, the Lord, the enemy had taken me and distracted me to a point where I couldn't, even, I couldn't even minister right. But I tell you this much, right now in 2019, going into 2020, God told me there's a bigger vision. There's something great. And the only reason why the enemy's coming up against you, because something's about to break. You're walking into Rehoboth. You've just seen the greatness. You're about to see something supernaturally great. And I started to see it in some of the prophecies that God was giving me. Some of the miracles that God was doing through me. Some of the things that God was doing. And I said, God, what, what in the world is going on? I was tapping into new wells. I was tapping into new wells. Even supernaturally. Tapping into new wells. Some of the things that Brett talks about probably strange to you. But we're tapping into new wells. Some of the things Danielle talks about is probably strange to you, but we're tapping into new wells. Why? Because there is new well. There are new wells. You have to get beyond yourself and get beyond the old wells. The old wells are stopped up. They're no longer functioning for this day and age. The old traditional ways of doing things. You can't do church the way you used to do church. Now you have to bring church to people and you have to be the church. You have to be supernatural. You have to show people the tangible power of God within you in order for people to be convinced that the church even operates. With everything going on today, with social media being the new synagogue of the Pharisees and everything else, just using the enemy, using so many things. How, do, how about us using those, those same things to be tangible about our faith and live out loud? And then not only that, move forward and be great and be greater and be creative. Be beyond the creativity that God has given us. I mean, we are created beings, but we are also creative beings. And God has given us so much creativity within us. For new songs and new ways of doing things. And, and you know, just being unconventional. Beyond our very existence and beyond what we can think. We can walk beyond those things. Sometimes it's hard, though. I mean, if you come from the old school like, like me. I wouldn't say pastor, but like me. You come from the old school like me. You know, there was a lot of things in the old school that, that, that were good. Those are memorial blocks, and I love it. And I adhere to a lot of the tenets of faith. You know, doctrine is just basically a foundational faith that, God, that, that you believe and that you believe to be so in the Word of God. The tangible truth of the gospel. But you know, there was a, there, there's a lot of things. I can't do the same that I did back in the days. I can't do it the same now. Things need to change. You know, the message doesn't change, but the way we bring the message does. It has to change. You, you know, I'm doing a rap album now. Everybody say, I didn't know you rapped. Yeah, I rap. I rapped for, for 25 years. You didn't know that. That was a well that I had stopped up. But the Lord told me and said, that well was never stopped up. You just needed to dig a new way of doing it. And so I had to re reassign myself and re reinvent my, my mentality. This is why there is revival happening in America. It is happening already. You just haven't seen it. Because we're stuck in the tent. Right? Only reason why God raised up a Kanye West from a mental hospital, spoke to him, and said, bring a Sunday service to everywhere, to people who don't go to church, and he went and started bringing Sunday service. He don't preach. All he did was what he knew how to do. His music. And for God to use him and to bring number one album right now. 
number one album out in the country while everybody else would say he couldn't do it God brought him he's starting revival a chance to rapper all these other people that didn't even know and didn't even know how to go to a church they start coming now and believing in Jesus Christ there's revival happening and God is using new wells God is using new wells criticize all you want because you're still stuck in, in, in the old well and you're trying to bring contention but God said move out of that and see the new wells that I'm digging I need to bring the gospel and I'm going to use whatever well I need to use and I'm opening up new wells now you're in it or you're not you're walking forward or you're not amen there is revival happening in America oh, but look at the political scene forget the political scene Forget the political scene. God knows how to take care of his own. Don't ever get involved in stuff you can't change. You, you don't, don't get involved. With, I don't get involved with none of those conflicts because I'm not the one who shifts and changes and fights for the president or fight for anybody else. God is the one who fights for whoever's on his side and let him fight these battles. It is your turn now to dig new wells and bring Jesus into the livelihoods of other people so they can start seeing Jesus through you and seeing the power of a tangible, powerful God. The glory of God. Amen? Amen? Let's not talk about it. We be about it now. We, we, we have to start being about it now. I'm walking into places nobody else has walked into. And, I, and I'm like, God, why, why are you leading me into these different things? And God said, you know what? I didn't call you to be a, 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 a Christian entertainer. Somebody said, why, why are you not in Christian hip-hop? They had to ask me in an interview. I said, I'm not a Christian entertainer. I didn't come to entertain Christians. You came to entertain Christians? We're not here to entertain Christians. We're not here to entertain each other. That's what's happened in the church today. In the United States, we've become philosophical and so full of, of theological questions and different things. that we become like Rome and, and now we're entertaining each other. And so we're stuck in a tent entertaining each other. And we're not bringing the tabernacle of David. Where we're bringing people to the presence of God. The glory of God. And letting people know that there's power. And walking in darkness. They see the light in you. Because they know that there's a real God. My God. No longer. I'm no longer staying stuck. You need to look at somebody this morning and say. 2020 I'm not stuck. I'm not stuck. I'm not stuck. I will not be stuck in 2019. And by the way, when you write, when you write, your, somebody has said, when you write your dates, don't just put 20 at the end. And then they can fill it in with whatever. 2009, 2019. Put 2020 in there. 2020, when you go to the doctors, I wish I had 2020 vision, right, Brett? If I had 2020 vision, man. I'd be able to drive at night without putting on my glasses. Right? Because you see clearly. You see clearly. It, it, it's, a, it's a way of seeing beyond the very circumstance. When I drive through the fog, I'm driving on a known road. Like let's say I'm driving through Hall Street. If I'm driving through fog, I know where Hall Street ends and finishes. You understand me? So I'm going to continue driving through the fog with confidence because I know where I'm going because I know that street and I know the place. And you see, you have to drive through confident, with confidence when faith is involved, even though we don't see what's beyond us. We have to have confidence beyond our very circumstance. Amen? And, and we no longer are going to believe that, that we don't have or that there's too small of people here and all this stuff. I'm going to challenge people in this house to be the, the children of Israel like during the time of the tabernacle that they were giving so much that Moses had to tell them to stop. Understand me? Because it's up to you. It's up to us to build the Rehoboth, to go into Rehoboth. It's up to us. Amen. So, so, so now, now what we need to start doing is confessing and believing God and just start confessing God. God, we have that building. We have that building. Wherever that building is, let it be manifested. We're going to walk into that building in 2020. We will not be here in the summer of 2020. I decree it right now. I'm standing as a prophet. Decree in the summer of 2020. I don't want to be in this place. If we're still here, pastor, I'm going to Nigeria living over there. <laughs> it's not all on him though. It's not all on him. 
it's not all on him. And, and I know how we like to blame leaders. It's not all on the leaders. My friend James, who, who just joined HRGN, James uh, Ibota, he said something so powerful. He said, he said, he said, you know, um, uh, Aaron's mindset was so small that he was getting led by the people. While he was down here, he was building a golden calf. And at the same time that this is happening, God is giving the purpose and plan and pattern to Moses about Aaron. He's giving everything that he was supposed to do. He's giving it to Moses and telling him, see, if Aaron was connected to God, he would have been able to see that plan and not build. That's what happens to us. We get so caught up in building our own thing, doing our own thing, that we forget and miss the pattern that God has for us. Enough. And I'm glad that we haven't done that here in HRC. But we're moving beyond this. We're moving beyond this. And we are going to move beyond this because it's time. It's time. It's time. And I, 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 saw, I saw one day I was sitting down and I told Pastor Doug this. I said, Pastor Doug, I see, I see this building and we're just sitting in it and it's growing. And, and there's hundreds of people sitting in there. Because there are people coming and seeking the tangible presence of God. They no longer are just seeking an experience in church. These are people seeking the tangible experience of God without religion. Without the tent. <laughs> without the enclosures. Freedom. Freedom. Amen. So this, this, this afternoon, let's just, let's just right now. Let's just right now. Let's, let's take some steps forward. I'm, I'm going to ask us to do some crazy stuff this, this, this afternoon. Let's just, we're going to take some steps forward and walk out of wherever we were and walk into where we need to be. Are you, are you in agreement with me? This is just a prophetic, a prophetic uh, uh, thing. I'm going to do it physically, but it's prophetic, spiritually. I want you to walk out of wherever you're at and walk into Rehoboth, walk into something new. See the greatness of God coming out in, in you, in you. I want you to even walk outside of yourself, walk outside of your own mentality and say, you know what? I was believing small last year. This year, I will not believe small anymore. Amen? Amen? I was just talking to the worship team earlier. They said, hey, we're, we're looking. We need a new piano. We need, you know, I don't know what we're going to. I said, you know what? How much does it cost? Say, it's $2,000. I said, amen. Let's get it. Say, how are we going to do that? No, I didn't approve anything. I approved it in the spirit first. Approve it in the spirit first, and it shall be done. It will be manifested. Approve it in the spirit first. We've approved a brand new, going into a new facility. We approved getting greater things, doing greater things. So let's approve it in the spirit. It's up to you to walk into it. Amen? Just decree it and say it is done. So this morning, I want you to walk out from wherever you're at. And I want you to just walk into something new. Just decree those things. You know the vision that God has given you. And you just need to walk into it. Even personally in your life. Even in everything that, that the enemy has tried to come up against you and bring strife and contention. Walk out of that and walk into something new. Walk into the peace of God. Walk into the love of God. Walk into the greatness of God. Walk into the new identity and the identity that's truly you. Walk into Jesus this morning. Come on, walk out, walk out, walk into something new. Say this while I'm walking into something new. To you it might be the unknown, but to God it is known. To God it is known. Come on, come on, just worship him, worship him right now. Worship him, worship him, worship him. Have that encounter, you and God. Have that encounter between you and him. We get beyond ourselves this morning. This afternoon, we will be beyond ourselves. We are moving beyond ourselves. The enemy thought he had an 
I would not allow the old ways or the old mentality to have precedence in my life. Precedence in my life. I move forward in the greatness of God. I move forward in who I am in Him. I am a son. I am a daughter. I am called by His name. I am called by His name. My God. We got run. this morning or this afternoon I want you to just just begin to declare over yourself or maybe grab somebody right now let's just do a declaration over somebody right now just grab whoever grab whoever grab don't you know it works better if you don't know the person <laughs> because when you decree a thing over a person you don't know and it comes to pass that'll shake up their faith just start decreeing over them decree over each and every one just decree decree over them Hey, we're moving forward. Jesus. There's greatness. 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 Hallelujah. God has something new and greater. There's new and greater. I just see how doors were closed 